wouldn't bother to be here to midnight. Because I'm telling you, amen, God's interested in some old landmarks. The world and our society is doing everything they can possibly do with inroads to tear it down. And that's the reason they got the power and the grip they got, even against the name of Jesus. But I'm telling you, heaven has informed us that there's no other name been given. This is the only name whereby you must be saved. This is the only name that you can call on and take on. Hallelujah. If you're going to be a bride, if you're going to be victorious, it's a landmark that's not going to move for nobody. We can cover it up. We can deny it. We can reject it. We can do what we want to. But the landmark's still going to be there. I want to preach to you a little while tonight by the help of the Lord. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, if there's ever been a time, we need to go back to some old stones. We need to go back, amen, and look at some areas. Hallelujah. Even in our own personal lives. Hallelujah. You know how we had moves of God in Brush Harbor days? It's because we spent like those Africans did two or three hours before the preacher ever showed up. We spent hours, amen, praying and loving and worshiping God. Didn't bother us one bit. We didn't get a bad attitude about it. We didn't get a bad spirit about it. But I'm telling you, the preacher's not here when you get here. If you're not careful, you'll get a bad attitude immediately. Lord, help me. I don't be rude or ugly. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm telling you, God's in the saving business. God's in the delivering business. But he's got a method and a way to do it. And I'm telling you what, he's not going to deviate from that. And we can claim and confess, and there's going to be some that's going to do that. They're going to say, hey, we cast out devils in your name. We heal the sick in your name. But he's going to tell them, I never knew you. I'm going to tell you something. I want the Lord to know me. Hallelujah. I want the Lord to know me. And I'm going to tell you what, you get your relationship and fellowship right with God, the devil will know you. Hallelujah. The devil will recognize you. The powers of hell will recognize you. Evil and darkness will recognize you. This is not just one of the boys. This is not just another earthen vessel. This is not a put on, amen. But this guy's for real. This lady's for real. They got something, amen, on the inside of them. They got some landmarks. I'm telling you, the storm's not going to cover it up or disguise. You can be seated. You, you can go. Huh. Lord, help me here tonight. I may not finish this. I'm going to just. Get on it. We'll see what happens. It's good to see all of you in the house of the Lord tonight. It really is. God bless all the guests. Different ones. Ones that were sick. One night they would be here this morning back tonight. God bless you. Still some out because of sickness. Let's pray that God would touch and heal them. Let's pray for our community. Man, our county, our state. Let's pray for our world. Leadership of our world. Amen. By all means. Though depending on us. God's depending on us. So we just need to do it. We just need to do it by the help of the Lord. I'm going to take you to a particular, it's actually a verse. It's going to be dealing with the time of Jonathan, amen, and the time of David. It's going to be dealing in this particular verse. I'm actually going to use one word, a name of a stone. And from that, if the help of the Lord, a little bit here tonight. Hallelujah. I thought I had my watch, but I don't. Huh. We'll just see. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now, I'll be honest with you, physically, I don't know if I can last an hour, but we'll see. I didn't know I went that long this morning, but uh, anyway. First Samuel 20 and 19. And when thou hast stayed three days, then thou shalt go down quickly. And come to the place where thou didst hide thyself when the business was in hand. And shalt remain by the stone Ezel. The stone is hell. 
I'll come back and give you a little history, a little of what plays up to this point, this particular verse. But uh, I pray, man, if somehow I can just deliver what I really feel the Lord's put in my spirit and heart tonight. Amen. To, to bring it to your attention. And, and, uh, but anyway, in the margin of my Bible, and if you do a study, it doesn't reveal it a whole lot. But Ezel, amen, it's, it's uh, the Bible simply says, not the Bible, but the margin of it says, man, when it gives definitions and, and what it's meaning and the Hebrew and the setting, uh, it simply says this, that showeth the way, that showeth the way, amen, for this particular stone setting in place if you you start studying out on commentaries and things of that nature there's not really a whole lot of agreement in, 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 in about this particular place and where it's at and and how it's what it might consist of and uh things of that nature and, but i wouldn't let a lot of that bother me i just take what god allowed to be put in the bible and man, and I just use that and move on from that and build off of that because uh, we're not building our salvation and our eternity on the, the words of commentaries and things of that nature. I don't have to have all the backing of scientists and, and all that, amen, to you know, make the Bible true. Hallelujah, because the Bible proves scientists are wrong sometimes. Because this God can go against nature. I'm telling you, if you ask any farmer, amen, if he took a, a cow that just had a calf and you lock that calf up in the stall and hook a, a, a cart, amen, to that old cow, amen, that's never been yoked up to a cart and send it to the other direction, he'll say there's no way under the sun. You're right. But we're not depending on the things and the resources that's under the sun. We're depending on one that's above the sun. We're depending on the powers, amen, that's far above all the powers of mankind and that's all of mankind it's above all the powers of Satan and all of his influences amen we're depending on a God that's in the heavens that's looking down upon this earth and we know how to get him to move amen because we know the what name to call on and we know how to call on him and that's the reason Pentecost needs to go back to some old fashioned worshipping and go back to some old landmarks as we pray for Sister Linda Whittington tonight Lord I said Lord here's a good time right now amen to leave with some good old landmarks what do you mean Bobby Pins laying all over the floor hallelujah where we used to pick them up, amen, after the power of God and the move of the Holy Ghost. It's a landmark that we should never got away from. It's an area, amen, that we should never slipped away from us. I tell you, it's still right, amen, to dance and worship and magnify God with everything it is within you. It's still right to go home, amen, and look like you've been on an all-night drunk. Look like you've been out hardy and party and having a good time. Hallelujah, hallelujah. That's an old landmark that us old apostolic Pentecostal people need to hold on to. That's one of them time talkers. You're absolutely right. And we're not ashamed to be a time talker. That's a landmark we're not going to let die. So as you look at this particular, it's also likened as a stone stone many times in the geographical location of these areas in the Bible. A lot of scriptures that I'm going to use tonight for the help of the Lord. Amen. It's very easily brought to our attention as being a landmark. A landmark. Just a few weeks ago I had a gentleman come in the hardware store He's actually coming in to advertise and wanting to sell us if we wanted to have cameras put on the place and things of this nature. He said, let me tell you how I, how I come by this place. 
He said, you remember sometime last year, first part of the year, he said when all the, the water, the flooding took place, and, and I happen to remember what he was talking about, the time that 49, 63, and even Broom School Road and several of these places had flooded, Red Creek Road had flooded, and all these places. Anyway, he had went on the coast. He was trying to make his way back to Hattiesburg. He'd come up 57 to a person. Then he got up in here and got to trying to make turns and follow his GPS. And, and uh, hey, man, he got worried. He said, man, it was scary. He said, man, water was ever worse than my GPS. I wasn't sure if it was working right. Sometimes it wasn't working at all. And one thing after another, he said, but uh, when I got, hey, man, on 26 and I come through this area, he said, it was familiar to me. He said, it was some old landmarks that I'd recognized. Hey, Amen. And see, he said, I wasn't near as afraid. Telling you, if we get some old-fashioned landmarks back in the house, the spirit of fear, hallelujah, will have to go. Because whenever you understand where you're at, and you know, amen, is a landmark that God gave you. You know you're back in the vicinity. You know you're back in the place. You know you're back in the will of God. You know you've got the blessings and the power of God that's going to walk with you to fulfill the call, amen, that's been placed on your life. I'm going to use some things that may be a little comical. Uh, or even carnal, you might say, but I don't care. <laughs> we got a place, we don't get to hunt it no more. There's a place down Church House Road. Place right behind Mr. Jake Havens. <laughs> In that particular drive, there's a big old tree out there. Got a lot of limbs on it. Pretty good sized tree, but once you go in, they plant it. And they never, they never cut this particular tree down. After you go and plant the pines and get up so, so tall, it's hard to find that tree. But I can remember more than one time that Mr. Keith Berry, he'd tell us who was going to drive that particular drive if he wasn't. He said, now you make sure. Anywhere else you go on this drive, and it's a pretty good-sized drive. It's several hundred acres. He said, you make sure you make your way by that old tree out there. You know why? Because time after time... The deer that we jumped him laying around that old tree had horns on it. And he knew by past experiences, there's an old landmark out there. Amen. In the midst of, amen, of those old planted pines. You couldn't see it from the road, but you knew it was out there. And you had the responsibility, amen, to search out and go through the briar patches and whatever it took, amen, to make sure. I can remember time after time driving it. And it wasn't as easy as you might think, amen, because planted pines and briar patches, and when you're on your hands and knees, all looks the same. Hallelujah. You can crawl around in circles and don't even realize it. Amen. Especially when you crawl around, look around, amen. Hey, that looks like my feet. That looks like my knees. I'm familiar with this one. But anyway, you, you, you made it. You purposed in your mind and heart. Hey, Louis, I've got to go by that tree. i got to find it. I'm going to tell you something. There's some old landmarks in the house of God and in every service. And I'm telling you, if we're not willing, amen, to push through the crowds, push through the, the clouds, amen, the doubts, the unbelief, the darkness, amen, to find them old landmarks in the spiritual realm. Hallelujah. You won't never have the move of God that you want to have. It's a lot easier to let flesh and carnality to create our own lights, to create our own entertainment, to create our own ways of doing. And that's what the world is doing, hallelujah, in the religious realms. But I'm telling you, amen, it's a time for the church to go back to some old landmarks. And I'll tell you something, prayer rooms is a landmark. When you bypass that landmark, you can't expect the power of God to move in this place in your life, amen, bypassing that landmark. I'm not mad at nobody except the devil. 
That's what I'm mad at. I get mad at us sometimes for us just, amen, accepting. He started the service out. I want to scream up at him. Let's get back to some old landmarks. That's why I bring it. That's what it created. You know why God moved on America? They'd walk. It took an hour, two hours. They'd walk. Riding what they could ride if they could. And they'd pray on the way. They didn't mumble. They didn't complain. And they wasn't late. If anything, they'd be early. <laughs> Small landmarks. It makes all the difference in the world. If you're not careful, we're watching some Pentecostal churches. Amen. Has got so far for them landmarks now. They tell them they don't even have to have them. You don't have to have the landmark of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues. You don't have to have the landmark of being baptized in Jesus' name for the remission of your sins. They're not careful, amen. They're going to reach a point that you don't even have to repent. Just come. We're just going to have a good time and, and you know, enjoy one another a little while. And then we're going to go do our thing. But I'm going to tell you something. I want to go back to some old landmarks. And so, so Jonathan, amen, and David, this is a very serious time in David's life. Uh, if you go back one chapter, you're going to see... Uh, that that how that um, David had experienced some things from the hand of Saul, Amen. The beginning of that, but nineteenth uh, chapter, you're going to see there how Jonathan petitioned for David, um, and and on, on behalf of David towards Saul, his dad, um, and persuaded, and even Saul come to the conclusion at this moment time, Amen, that he wouldn't harm David, um, that he wouldn't come against him. But you're going to see in that same chapter, just a few more verses down, when David goes back out to war, and God gives him the victory over the Philistines and over the enemy man against Israel that whenever he comes back in God had stirred up that evil spirit that moved upon Saul again and there Saul is with his javelin amen ready to kill David ready to sue David the Bible says that he slips away that he gets away from him and he goes from there amen and begins to run and he begins to do things and he's actually went to a place and I won't take all the time to go through it go back and read it but now he makes his way back amen to Jonathan after fleeing and running amen for his life and he comes here now back to Jonathan and he begins to talk to Jonathan about you know what have I done what's happened what's took place what iniquity have I got what have I done against your father amen that he seeks to kill me but even here Jonathan really didn't believe it he said oh no no daddy father don't want to kill you he said he don't hide nothing from him and so they begin to work up a covenant and they begin to work up a deal and so in this deal for time's sake I won't go through all of it but Jonathan instructs David and says hey or David actually instructs Jonathan how to go about it and, and you know amen it's, it's a time that, that, they, that they both have the feast and come in and, and for three days come before the king and sit at the king's table it's the new moon and, and so the first day amen David wasn't there Saul didn't make much much say anything about it he just thought he was unclean but then the second day he wasn't there he began to question he began to question Jonathan about where, where David was at and amen he done made an agreement with David to, to let him go to his brothers amen and feast and just you know to let him leave and so Saul you know gets beside himself amen he's a full of rage and things of this nature and so uh, Jonathan had done set it up with David said hey man I'm going to let you go said but don't you when you come back said you can hide at this stone you can hide at this particular place 
He said, I'll take the bow. I'll go out with a lad and I'll shoot it in a certain, I'm going to say certain words about coming and going. If I tell the lad to go, amen, that means that father's against you and that you got to go. If I tell you to come, that means you can come back home and be with me. So it's at this stone, amen, is that this geographical location that becomes a landmark, amen, at the time of David's life when he needs to be showed what direction to take, what direction, amen, for his own self. Because you got to understand it was in this same chapter that David had come to the conclusion that I'm just one step away from death. And how true that's for each and every one of us that's under the sound of my voice tonight. We're just really one step away from death. We really don't know what tomorrow holds except God that we serve holds it. But I'm telling you, we'll get the old landmarks because it takes landmarks, amen, that gives us direction in life. It's landmarks that help us along the way. I'm telling you, I still remember when Katrina came and hit this Gulf Coast. I remember, amen, on that, on that Monday morning, the first things I heard on that radio was an saying all I can see is the top of the red light on Highway 90. I begin to listen to some of the remarks and they begin to tell even after the aftermath, amen, of trying to bring rescue and things of that nature. And they said, hey, we don't have a clue where we're at. Some old landmarks, amen, have been destroyed or tore up to a point that we can't even recognize them. I'm telling you the world and the devil's done its best against the apostolic church and the church of truth to destroy the landmarks. Because if you can destroy the landmarks, nobody can be saved. If you destroy the landmarks, nobody can find their way out of darkness. If you destroy those things that God laid down in spiritual landmarks, I'll tell you, we'll all be lost and undone. But oh, if there's ever been a cry that needs to be heard, we need to build back the old landmarks. We need to cut the brush out. We need to do whatever it's going to take. But oh, that the landmarks can be back visible to our world, our families, and our communities. got to make up in our minds I'm not going to join them <laughs> I'm not going to do what they're doing because I know I know what God's done I know how God's worked for us I'm pointed to landmarks landmarks are mentioned throughout the Bible I can take you to Deuteronomy 19 and 14 thou shalt not remove thy neighbor's landmark Landmarks is boundary markers. Now, some believe that you can just live any old way. That lines and boundaries don't mean nothing. All you've got to do is believe that there's a God. And just because of that believing alone, regardless of how you live, where you live, don't make any difference. But you can't find that in the Word. The Word has given us lines. A man's given us points of separation in lives that we must live. In lives that we must live, a man, inside the boundaries of this old book. And some of them, a man, the fruits is outward. And some of them are from within and in the spiritual realm. But both of them works together. If there's ever been a man, a time, even myself, God, 
in my own heart, in my own spirit, and in my own mind. I'm telling you tonight, amen, this generation will say things and do things that generations, prior generations, and I'm not, I'm not beating you up. Please don't take it that way. But I'm telling you, prior situations will never let those type of words come across their lips. They'd have never responded in that form and manner. They'd have never talked to a mom and dad in that attitude and spirit. And I'm talking about in society itself. They'd have never really accused a man and run down preacher regardless of what denomination he was. But I have to admit, amen, preachers used to carry them a little different than what they do today. Hallelujah, there's preachers that walked in the highways and the byways. You wouldn't know they're a preacher. Not by the way they walk, not by the way they dress, not by the way they conduct themselves. Because, amen, they, they come down to the, the ideal, amen, that, you know, to look like everybody else. It's not all in that. It's not my sleeves. It's not my hair. It's not in this. Hallelujah, it's not in this and all the other things. And so, you know what? Oh, landmarks are beginning to be tore down. Oh, landmarks are beginning to be removed. But we're taught time after time in the Old Testament as well as in the New Testament of some landmarks. Amen. And when it becomes a landmark, did you know it's really illegal? Amen. To go out there. Amen. And landmarks has been seen. Amen. is there's things for, for, you know, to, to, for line and for land that you may inherit. It's actually against the law to you go out there and to move them over. I've heard Brother Barry make the mention of it said even the old fences that you could take fences and if you put up a fence, if you move in three foot on the, on the, on the line, he said over a period of time, he said that fence, amen, will come the landmark. But I'm here to tell you, God put up some landmarks and it doesn't matter where man puts the fence. It doesn't matter what man, uh, amen, if he doesn't put up a fence, it won't make any difference because this thing is settled in heaven. This thing is settled with God. And what you and I have got to do, amen, is get our spiritual eyes and ears open that we can be reminded about the landmarks because they're very important. You're going to notice in a few scriptures that I give you here tonight how important these landmarks really are. Moses' writings in Deuteronomy again in the 27th chapter. Cursed be Keith that removeth his neighbor's landmark. Cursed, amen. Hallelujah. When you start moving the landmarks of God and living for God and what it takes to be saved and live an overcoming life. When you start moving those landmarks, you're going to become cursed and you're going to be damned. Hallelujah. Because you move the landmarks. You broaden it up. I'm here to tell you, if we keep digging on the banks of the, of the Pasigula River, it won't be a river very long. If you keep winding it up and filling it in, hallelujah, just be like a lake. It won't be able to carry nothing. It won't be able to carry any kind of boat. It won't have no depthness to it. I'm telling you, the reason the church and the religious world that we're living in today is so shallow and can't do nothing about carnality and war against the devil is because they moved the landmarks so far out there now that any old way will do. And if any old way will do, no way at all will do. Back in these old landmarks, sometimes the old landmarks was nothing but a hedge. It may have just been a, a prickly thorn that, that divided. I could carry you and let you understand that even whenever they come across that Jordan River, they begin to gain the promised land. It was the spiritual leaders that determined where those landmarks went for tribe and for families. And those landmarks were set up. Now here's how important landmarks are. Amen. If you had a family and you had so much, so many acres, those acres is what was going to support you and support your family. That's where survival was at. But if you had a neighbor that slowly but surely kept moving the landmark over, 
Kept moving the landmark over. Slowly, but in a way, amen, that you'd never recognize it. After a while, you wouldn't have the grounds to support your family. I'm preaching to you now. That's what's happened in the spiritual realm and with the church. The church has just kept moving these landmarks now. And now we don't have the power or the authority or the substance, amen, to get us through. But I'm telling you, if we'll go back to some old landmarks and go back and reestablish them in our lives and in a walk with God, there's some landmarks that we must walk by every single day of our lives if we're going to live a victorious life. There's certain landmarks of prayer and certain landmarks of reading and studying the Word of God. There's certain areas in our lives I'm telling you if there's some old landmarks I'm going to tell you what I can serve the Supreme Court would never have to worry about hell you decide whether or not if it's lawful for a man to marry a man or a woman to marry a woman if they'd have never let the landmarks be moved you'd never have to deal with that devil you'd never have to deal with that situation but I'm telling you because churches and please don't be offended what I'm fixing to say but because churches and spiritual leaders hallelujah is backed off of divorce and backed off of these type of lifestyles and just let them go ahead and do what they want to do and how they want to do never being disqualified from being spiritual leaders now we find ourselves wrestling with things that's unbelievable to our hearts our minds and spirit it happened you know why because people you kept moving the landmarks of the word of god and the lives and the hearts for the families and for whatever reason that's the reason so many churches together unite won't have enough of the move of god and the power of god to move in that service to convict nobody to stir up anybody. Lord, help me here tonight. I got a lot I want to try to cover. Get care of you and. Uh, you can go even. You do any study on landmarks. You'll see even under the Romans law. If you got caught moving a landmark, the punishment was death. You better hear that. If you and I begin to move the landmarks of God, it's going to cost us. It's going to cost us death. It's a spiritual death. It's a permanent separation from God Almighty. Proverbs 22 and 28 says, remove not the ancient landmarks. Oh, God, help us. Help us make our way back to some of them old pathways. I love, I love singing. I love, I ain't much of a singer, but I love to hear good singing. I love to hear good playing. There's nothing like it. There's nothing can lift you and drive away evil spirits and prepare a service. <laughs> but I'm going to tell you something we don't have to. We don't have to have worldly music. Can I tell you something else tonight in our worship? Hallelujah. We don't have any business bringing in some kind of funky dance in here that's some worldly old, some kind of wild. Hey, God knows now. That ain't all I know. When that spirit quickens me, I may not can tell exactly what's wrong, but there's something wrong. And God's not pleased with it. There's a worship and dance, amen, of the old landmarks. I tell you one thing, it won't be for show. 
It won't be for entertainment of flesh and carnality. It won't be impressed, amen, to this one or that one. Because worship belongs to God and Him only. That's where the landmark needs to be put. Hallelujah. It's not about if I impress you and be a patter on the back to brag about nobody. It's about worshiping God and magnifying Him and creating an atmosphere that Brother Barry is talking about already tonight. We need that old-fashioned worship. Because it's, amen, He's inhabits the praises of His people. It's that old-fashioned worshiping and worshiping with all of your heart, soul, and mind. Hey, I make it a practice of my own to make sure, amen, God, you help me. I know a lot of time my mind's on the message and on what, because the responsibility lays on me. And I say, God, but you help me. It's prayer time and worship time now. And I want to do my part. I want to be a leader in it. I don't want to just preach about it, talk about it, prop up. Nothing makes me more aggravated. Preachers get up preaching about worshiping. You want everybody to dance and holler and shout when they sit over there. Now, if they're old enough, I understand that. They got a health problem, I understand that. But if they're just lazy and it don't mean nothing to lay up and blow in the smoke, they're worshiping self. And they want you to worship self, themselves. I don't know. I don't mean to get on all that. I'm going to try to stay away from it. Take you again in Proverbs 23 and 10. Remove not the old landmarks. Enter not into the fields of the fatherless. These are landmarks. These are things that were set up and put up. I could take you to Job 24, 1 and 2. Now Job, this chapter of Job is actually a catalog of the crimes that was committed on a daily basis by wicked people. And, and Job is, is actually asking the question. And man, God, as you see this, the almighty God that sees everything. Where's your day at? Where's your day of judgment? Where's your time, amen, to, that the righteous may see it for themselves. The judgment of God upon the wicked and the vile. Amen. And so this chapter is a catalog of that. Guess what's the first thing in the catalog and the listing of the catalog? Amen. Job 24 and 2. Some Remove the landmarks. Hallelujah. I'm telling you the biggest problem of America today. It's really not our political ranks. Hallelujah. It's the churches and God fearing people removing the landmarks and moving them. Amen. Because hallelujah. If we'll just stay right with God and committed to God. God will bless us. Amen. Even in our failures and our shortcomings and inabilities. If we just won't move the landmarks. If we won't move the landmarks. Are you watching us? Mentioned the old church, the old things. I mean, you're thankful that if you if you was going to backslide tonight, what would be your prayer for the church? Church, don't 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 move the landmarks. Stay where you're at, or get a little closer, because I'm planning on coming back. I may take me a drip and go out in darkness and things of this nature, but if there's one day. It's in the intent of every backslider coming back. They believe they're going to come back. But they got to have a place to come. And they got to have some landmarks to get back. But if the churches, amen, starts moving all the landmarks. And the churches loses their landmark. When they make the turn to come back, where they coming to? And what are they coming back to? I'm telling you, if it's ever been a time in the generation that we're living in, it's a time, amen. I'm telling you, holiness is under attack. But holiness, amen, without it, no man's going to see God. It's a landmark, amen, that God set up. And that holiness works on the inside as well as on the outside. And on the outside as well as on the inside. It's the 
pitch, amen, that'll get you through the storms. It's a pitch, amen, that'll sustain you and hold you. Hallelujah, holiness. The reason we have taught our ladies not to cut hair is because Paul said that gives them power with angels. Hallelujah, when you are obedient, it's obedience. Hallelujah, that's where it's all at. It's all about obedience. If you're obedient to God, you won't move the landmarks. You may have troubles at times reaching it. You may have troubles time of seeing it. But I tell you, you're not willing for it to move. You want it to stay where it belongs and where God put it. Because your intent and high passion and affection is, I want to get where God's at. I want to be what God wants them to be. But the only way I can do that is let God keep the landmarks where they belong. I didn't come to change the church. I came to the church to be changed. I ain't interested in trying to add or take from the word of God. I'm interested in letting the word of God change me. Shake me. Mold me. That's the reason you got to have the spirit of God in you. All his writings into the Romans stole him. And it's a landmark. Without his spirit, you're none of his. You can't call him Lord without the Holy Ghost. I don't care what they say. It's in the book. It's a landmark that's forever settled. None of us can change it. I'd really love to go back now. There's a lot of areas you begin to talk about landmarks and stones that's been set up and put into action, put into place. Even, even with Jacob in Genesis, the 28th chapter, you can go there and you can see one of the most critical times in his life. Man, he was having to flee his home. He had a brother that wanted to kill him. Lied and cheated and got to birthright in a sense. He was just a planner. Now he's fleeing. He's in a place he doesn't really know where he's at. It's kind of a desolate wilderness place. God knew where he's at. He takes a stone and he makes a pillar to lay his head. And as he lays his head on that pillar that night, that stone, God gave him a vision. God gave him a dream. And in that dream, he saw angels ascending and descending out of the heavens. <laughs> he wakes up the next morning. He begins to talk about, amen, what happened. I done jumped ahead of myself here a little bit. But, but, uh, but here you're going to see, he makes a covenant. He takes that same stone that he used as a pillar to lay on. Now he's going to make it a pillar. And he tells that, and he puts that stone and makes it an altar now. I mean, you remember whenever we start talking about changing and remodeling the church here. Man, and, but, but we wanted to take the altars out because we wanted the room, but we didn't want to take the altars out. And God moved on my wife, and she come up with this idea. Thank God. We need altars. And I'm going to tell you something. Altars are not necessarily for the sinners. Altars is actually for the saints of God. This is a place that we come and we plead and cry. And, and I know we could take it out. You can make an altar out of those chairs and altars out of other places. But I'm not interested in just taking the altars out of the house of God. We need them. It got them in trouble. In fact, when one of the king Ahaz went on a trip and he saw the altars that was built by the pagan gods, hallelujah, he saw it and he was impressed by it and he sends back word and wants them, amen, to make one. And he takes the altar that God had used as a landmark in the temple and he pushes it to the side and brings in the altar amen of the world hey I'm telling you that's exactly what's happened to us in the spiritual realms of the churches of our day and time hallelujah they they're doing everything they can to shove God out 
And anything, amen, that'll convict a heart, anything that offend people, amen, when you preach and you start naming sin, So it's just been a slow progress of doing what he can. Amen. To move. Finally, Jacob reached that place. If you remember, he called that old stone Bethel. It was just a stone. You could say out in the middle of nowhere. Just an old stone at that point in his life. Some 20 years later, he's going to come back through because at that place, at that moment, he said God was in this place and I knew it not. That's the reason we must keep the landmarks in the house of God. That's the reason we must keep the landmarks in our hearts, our minds, and our walk with God. Because without the landmarks, God won't stay. God had come in and removed the candle and take it out. That's what some of our greatest hopes. We're not going to move the landmarks. We're going to hold on to them. I want to take you for a moment, if you don't mind. And This is a time of Joshua and he's taken over the leadership and we actually already end over to the third and fourth chapter of Joshua. Leading of the Israelite people. And been through the wilderness of 40 years and come across that Jordan River. <laughs> Coming to it and going to come across it. But you know what? <clears throat> God impressed and moved upon Joshua. He says, I don't want them to forget about this crossing. It's going to take place. I don't want them to, to, to let it slip. The next generations and the generation after that, in fact, forever. So when you begin to read in that third and fourth chapter of the preparation that's going to take place... Amen. But you're going to notice that the, the men of God, the priests had to get that ark and they had to put it up on the shoulders. And always in harvest time, Jordan River flooded and it overrun its banks. And so it wasn't going to supposedly be an easy crossing by no means whatsoever. It was going to be at the hand of God that was going to have to move. And move on their behalf for them to be able to cross this Jordan River to go into the promised land. And so as he follows through and sanctify the people. And sanctify the people that's going to carry that ark. They put it on their shoulder. They begin to make their way. Amen. Unto amen, that Jordan River. And as they make their way there. The Lord of the earth, and he says, passes before into Jordan. Now therefore take you twelve men out of the tribes of Israel out of every tribe of man and it shall come to pass as soon as the soles of the feet of the priests that bear the ark of the Lord the Lord of all the earth shall rest in the waters of Jordan that the waters of Jordan shall be cut off from the waters that come down from above and that shall stand upon a keep it shall come to pass when the people removed from the tents and pass over Jordan that the priest the ark covenant before the people as they that bear the ark which come unto Jordan and the feet of the priests that bear the ark were dipped into the brim of the waters. That's a very, that's a very, uh, word, and that's where it talks about it overflowing whenever they stepped in. I don't believe no water done anything, amen, until them priests, the spiritual leaders, if you please, amen. But as they stepped in, their feet never got wet. That's not all. The Bible says they walked on dry ground immediately, amen. Not only did God stop it, amen, but he dried the ground under them. It wasn't some slippy thing. 
thing. Hallelujah. It wasn't some slimy thing. Hallelujah. It was dry ground. Read it. Hallelujah. And they've stepped and go right into the midst of the Jordan, right into the depths of it. If you'll keep these old landmarks, I'm going to tell you what, you can step right in the depths, right in the heat of the battle where the test is really at. But with these old landmarks that's there, and he tells them, he said, I want you to get 12 men. And as they make their way on the other side, you have 12 men, and they're going to come back into that Jordan, and they're going to pick up every man a stone to represent every tribe. They're going to pick up a stone. They're going to carry it out to the other side. And they're going to carry them to camp. And they, man, you're going, to, you're going to pile up and you're going to heap them together right there. That the generations is coming every time they come by this way. Hallelujah. They can see and look at these stones. Hallelujah. As a memorial, as a landmark. This is how we cross this Jordan River. This is where the supernatural, this is where the miraculous took place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. An old landmark. Amen. We still want to be the holy rollers. We want to still be the called out people. We still want to be the elect people. We still want to dress right, talk right, and live right. We're not interested in having a Jezebel spirit. We're not looking for the best of both worlds. We're willing, amen, without shame or disgrace to carry on the name of Jesus and separate ourselves in a godly fashion, inside and outside. Why? That's some old landmarks. And as we do that, I'm telling you, you can't stop the power and the authority of God to move and operate in our lives. Could it be that the church don't see some things she used to see? It's because she's let some old landmarks Landmarks be moved. Four and one. It came to pass when all the people clean plastered over Jordan, the Lord spake unto Joshua, saying, Take you now twelve of the people of every tribe. Command them. Some things are a commandment. It's not an option. It's a landmark. It's a commandment. I don't feel it. It don't make no difference. Well, I'm going to pray about it. You're already in trouble. What this right here spoke against, you don't have to pray about it. This here overrides your prayer. Now, you can pray for understanding. There's a difference. <laughs> but to pray to try to get around it, guess what? God and the devil will make a way for you to, by the word, to get around it. There's a lot of things I'd like to you can go to Hosea 5. Actually, in that 10th verse, there was a warning against the princes of Judah. We're like them that removed the bond and bound. That means a landmark. That means a boundary. They was guilty of moving it, changing it, rearranging it. I could carry you now to the New Testament for just a few minutes, Sister Moore, y'all can come. Amen. The singers, the praise singers. I won't spend a lot of time here. I've done mention a certain point in certain degrees, and so I won't spend a lot of time here. But you can watch a man is God in himself. In Matthew 7 24 says, Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto what a wise man which built his house upon a rock. A man, a stone, something that won't move. 
Amen. Jesus Christ is known as what? The chief cornerstone. All measurements. If you want to build something, you want to build it right. You want to correct spacing. Amen. I know you've heard me say this many times. But you've got to take that tape and hook it on the chief cornerstone. And measure it out. Man, it's a dangerous thing to take something and just measure this one and then move over two foot, move over two foot. You'll be surprised just how far off you'll be when you get down here somewhere. But if you'll take a tape and hook it in that cheap cornerstone and pull the tape all the way out and start going down through there marking it like it's supposed to be. Amen. Everything will hit right on center, right in place. God's put some landmarks, amen, for the church. And I'm telling you, if we'll just stay with the landmarks, if we'll stay in sight of those landmarks, I could carry you back amen to I think the 14th chapter of Jonathan's life it wasn't the first time amen as he relates and tells David about the stone as a landmark but there was a time amen prior before this hallelujah when he was moved upon amen going into battle and going into war the Bible talks about that they was two sharp rocks amen that was in a place and there they was and he meets and so his armor barrier said hey God's not restrained amen to say by few or by many he said but we're going to reveal ourselves but there had to be a passageway there had to be a way to reveal themselves unto the enemy and the Bible reveals unto us about two sharp stones one on the north and one on the south and that was a passageway for himself to reveal himself unto the enemy I'm telling you God's got some landmarks for us amen if we're going to take the enemy on we better go by the landmarks if we're going to take the world on we got to go by the landmarks if we're going to be saved we got to go by the landmarks if we're going to hear him say well done we got to go by the landmarks are you hearing me tonight if you're going to be used in the gift of the spirit you got some landmarks you got to go by. If you got to be elevated and used up here, there's some landmarks. Hallelujah. You got to abide by. We can criticize them. We can make light of them. We can do whatever we want to with all that. I remember some of the, some of the different ones that's raised on the coast talked about after Katrina now that some of the old places was annihilated destroyed the spirit of iniquity is working it's after one thing and that's to take the love of God and the landmarks out of your hearts out of your spirit I don't have to do it like them old fogies I don't have to pray like them old fogies. My five-minute prayer do what their hour prayer do. I beg the difference with you. I know we're living in a time where everything has been sped up. Fast meals and the internet and downloading. And man, I'm telling you, it's, it's just... When it comes to God, get the move of God. And walk the way God wants us to walk. It's just some things that's been settled in the, and they're not moving for nobody. Not even for this church. Not even for this church. Not even for this man right here. I'm not exempt. I got to do it the way God wants me to do it. Please don't take what I'm fixing to say wrong. That's the reason God can take some, somebody that's a nobody that maybe don't even have much education, much this, or much all that other. Because they fall in love with Him. And they fall in love with the landmarks. 
and they're not ashamed of the landmarks. And they don't have no desire at all to move them or to cover them up or to ignore them. There's a pile of scriptures here I'd love to use tonight, but Paul's writings that the Romans warned us. He says, as it is written, Behold, I lay inside a stumbling stone and a rock of offense. Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. Did you know that some stumble over this? Become a rock of offense to them. This called out life, this separated life. I could take you to Corinthians, the 10th chapter, and there, Amen, as Paul relates back to Moses and to the, what took place there, that how that they were all baptized into Moses in the cloud and the sea, and they all eat the same spiritual meat, they all drink the same spiritual drink. He says, for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them. And that rock was Christ. But with many of them, God was not well pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. Now these things were our example to the intent that we should not lust after evil things, as they also lusted. Neither be ye idolaters, as were some of them, as it is written. People sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Where's our world at today? As I listen to some conversations, I hear some bragging about, we went over here and ate, and we went over there and ate, and we've done this and done that. You invite them to church, well, we really don't have time. But you just named three different places that you drove an hour to each one of them to eat. But you don't have time for church. It's only five minutes away from you. One time, this, even this community was built upon, amen, let's go to church. Everybody. Yeah, I can remember a time, I'm still, I'm not that old, but I can remember a time... At Sundays, you didn't see people pulling fish boats and you didn't see people hauling dogs around and you didn't see people standing on the side of the road hunting. But I'm going to go a step further than that. I don't know if my mama ever went shopping on a Sunday, period. And if we're not careful, here's what we do. The ox is in the ditch. That's because we're doing what we wanted to on Saturday. We say, hey, we'll do it between services. We'll do this. And some old landmarks. Hey, I ain't trying to be ugly. I'm just telling you some landmarks. Some landmarks got moved. Got shoved to the side. Because see, if you can get where you don't see them landmarks... 
you begin to get where you're not convicted by that. And after a while, you just get used to it. And here's the biggest problem with that. The genera next generation that you're raising, they don't have a clue about that landmark. They don't know anything about that. I'd really love to see in our Friday night prayer services just broke out. And shaped and formed into something that could have been powerful here. That could have made a difference and a turning point for this church. But it's hard to, because we're so occupied and we're so busy. It's hard to get one Friday night out of the month. But some of the old landmarks was all night prayer meetings. That's what they tell me. Never been in one. Some of the old landmarks was having five weeks of revival without one rest night. I'm not trying to beat us up. I'm just telling you there's some landmarks. We're going to have them, them powerful demonstrations and moves of God. There's just some old landmarks we've got to get back to. There's just some of them places that we're going to have to get back to. Some old landmarks that I take as much fun and joy in praying with my brothers and sisters as I, I do at times by myself. Come in and join him with them and bind him with them and bombard in heaven until the powers of God moves, till his glory manifests itself and captivates the service. That sweet aroma, that sweet presence of God, that nothing can take the place of it, neither can anything take the results of it. There's no medication, there's no speech. There's no talents. Nothing can take the place of the moving of the Holy Ghost. That old landmark that we got to have. That sweet aroma and presence that just makes its way up and down the aisles and in between the chairs and touches and ministers and moves upon vessels. Moves us and stirs us. That creates a hunger and a thirst in us. That, oh God, I just want more of it. The old landmarks of 11 o'clock and 12 o'clock of leaving the house of God. Still had to get up and go to work the next morning. I believe God's on target tonight. I don't even feel qualified to preach what I preached here tonight. But because of hunger and a thirst that's in me tonight, God give us the old landmarks back. Let's do whatever we got to do as individuals, but yet even as a church. How long has this been since you've seen somebody gripping the back of a pew or a chair? The knuckles white from the power of God, the convicting power of the Lord. And they wouldn't be one, but they'd be numbers six and seven, eight and ten and twelve. 
weeping and moaning and in the Holy Ghost and the power of God. And it wasn't a show, man. It was a landmark that we was known for. Singing so anointed. Man, if they'd come any other reason, they'd come to hear the singing because it would be so anointed and so uplifting. And I'm not saying it's not. Don't get me wrong. I'm just telling you that's some old landmarks that came along with the Pentecostal church and the apostolic movement. Hallelujah. That's the reason the world pulled for those that had that talent and calling and ability. That's the reason the world pulls for them. That's the reason it bids for them, amen, with money. Man, I'll make something out of you. I, I am something. I'm a vessel of God. And I'm singing for the greatest one that you can ever sing for. See, there were some old landmarks that they was willing to forsake and walk away from and sell out. Praise God. I'm going to study this out some more. I'm going to look at it. You see... One time it was, it wasn't really a whole lot. Even when you go back to Acts the 15th chapter, the decision made about the Gentiles. Four things that you've got to abstain from. Pollution from idols, fornication from things strangled from blood. But as time goes on, even in the New Testament, and the writers begin to write, and Paul begin to write, begin to have to pen words like this, as in Romans 8 and 13. For if he live after the flesh, he shall die. But if he through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, he shall live. But now we've allowed a man among us a doctrine of eternal salvation. That it, once you've been born again and claim to be born again, it doesn't matter what age you are, you can't lose that salvation. It doesn't matter where you go, what you do, what you get involved in. Man, you know what happened? Somebody moved a landmark. Somebody moved a landmark. You know what? They're going to be cursed and they're going to die because they moved that landmark. I just wonder tonight how many landmarks can we move? Amen. Until we find ourselves accursed and damned and lost forever. Oh, we can preach them in heaven. We can preach them here. We can preach them wherever. I tell people all the time, I said, well, I'm going to just do what the Bible says. We're going to put the body to rest and the spirit goes to God and I'm done. That's God's business. Now, there is a book, and I believe this book. I believe we've got to live by it. But I leave the rest to God. Now, God works it out. You can see that he goes from that. He says, you know, the Lord Jesus Christ, and not to make provision. Not to make provision for the flesh. You know, don't, don't make ways to entertain it. Don't make ways to feed it. We feed it. If, if you... If you the, I just wonder what they tell us tonight. I wonder what would happen if we had some Matt Hollands that would walk into our services. I wonder what would happen, amen, if we had some of our pilgrim Rush Harbor men walk into our services and what they'd feel in the spirit. Man, they could walk in here and I'm going to use you because that's a similar case. I'd be safe. Put their hand on us and say, hey, you better get away from that fornication. You better leave so and so. And if you push them hard enough, they could name names and describe them. Huh. Tell you exactly who it was. But boy, if we'd done much of that now, you know what happened? We wouldn't want to come. <laughs> 
You know what happens if we're not careful? Somebody'd say, You should have took them in the office and done that. You didn't have no business embarrassing them. Paul said to openly rebuke them. Oh, landmarks. You see, judgment is a landmark in the house of God. It's got to start here. Without it, nobody's going to be saved. You hear me? The pressure's on for us to quit preaching things. and Don't name it. Don't offend them. Great peace have they which love thy law. And nothing shall offend them. If you love the God and the book of this God, the word won't offend you. You know what the word will do? It'll convict you. It calls you to start reaching for that. That landmark, God, I need that experience. I need that to be anchored and settled in my spirit and heart and mind. That nothing will cause me to waver. Why do they put lighthouses? They don't put lighthouses in some valley somewhere where you can't see it. It's like taking the candles the Bible says and putting it under a bushel. God did put up landmarks for them not to be seen and observed and obeyed. God put landmarks so that you and I could be saved. So when you and I, when we're on this journey, and we're warring against the, the devil, listen to a couple more scriptures. I, I know them. Second Corinthians 7 and 1 says, Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. It's a landmark. Galatians 5. This I say, then walk in the spirit, and he shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the spirit. And the spirit against the flesh. These are contrary the one to the other. So that he cannot do the things that he would. You cannot do them. You can't entertain. And get caught up in that. And walk in the spirit too. Find your way back to them old landmarks. And the love of God. And the power of God. Begins to describe some things to us. But if he be led of the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, barrenness, emulation, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envies, murders, drunkenness, reveling, such like. Which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Huh. Believe it or not, those are some landmarks that's going to keep us out. That's some landmarks that will keep us out of the kingdom of heaven. 
as you stand here tonight. Maybe this isn't what you quite expected. The Apostle Peter wrote to us and said, I lay in Zion a cheap cornerstone, elect precious. And he that believeth on him shall not be confounded. Unto you therefore which believe, he is precious. But unto them which be disobedient, the stone which the builders disallowed, or you could say rejected, the same is made the head of the corner. Jesus Christ is a landmark. He's a chief cornerstone. And he's precious. He paid the price that you and I could have life. But you and I have got a hunger and thirst after it. We've got to be determined in our own hearts and minds and spirits even tonight. God, I want to go back to some old landmarks. We want to see in some old-fashioned moving of the Holy Ghost. There's some old landmarks that we can go back to. You know, prayer time starts 30 minutes prior to service, but that doesn't mean you have to wait to that time to come. You can come an hour before. You know, it might just shock us. And we just start making it up in our own minds and hearts that, you know what, I'm going early. <laughs> you know, if a good eating place is available, and they open for a certain hour, we don't mind going early to get a good seat. I understand that. I don't blame you. Sometimes, maybe, maybe that's the way we ought to do God. What about it tonight? We need some more landmarks. Revealing themselves and showing us the way. David came back to Ezel to that stone because that's where he was going to find direction in his life. That was so critical at that moment in time. It meant the difference of life and death for David. There's some landmarks in the Bible, the landmarks that God's given us. And they mean life or death. If you hadn't experienced them, you got to. And the only way you're going to experience it is have a just drive and a passion about you. And I'm going to find it. I'm going to experience it for myself. I could talk to you and tell you about it, sing it to you, but I'm telling to you, experience it for yourself. You won't really know. These altars are open. These services open to you. They're going to sing. God bless you.
tonight since yesterday morning. I had a guy that, and forgive me for having my phone, but I need to read you something here. It was bringing me a load of crushed asphalt, and it wasn't just a bobtail truck. It was an 18-wheeler, so I told him, I said, hey, I'll meet you out in front of Daddy's house uh, about 7.30, so I'll give you opportunity to, to turn around or do whatever you need to do before you get too far in there, so when I got there, it was cold, so I got off the side by side, and I was just kind of wandering around. And I'm like, Pastor, I, I know my mom and dad's yard like the back of my hand. I've, I've killed every Indian in that yard. And then when I learned to make a bow and arrow, we killed all the cowboys. You know, it just depends on what day it was. Me and Wade have played, they ain't no telling how many Super Bowls in that yard. And we won, every one of them. But out at the edge of the yard, I could take you there even if I was blind today. There's a marker. It's there. And I walked over to it, and when I walked that way, it wasn't, it didn't seem to be in the same place I remember it being because I didn't see it because it was always right by a pine tree. And I didn't see it, and I said, man, it, it didn't move. It's not gone. Then I seen kind of a hump there, and I walked over to it, and it was, 
There's some pine straw and some grass on it. The, the pine tree was gone, but the marker was there. So I took a picture of this marker, and I sent it to a guy that, that works with us. He has a bachelor's degree in civil survey, and he just chose not to go that profession just to see if we've ever seen one. But some of you may have seen it or not seen it before. The U.S. Geological Service placed this in my dad's yard in 1940, before my dad was my dad because he wasn't born yet. I sent this to this guy. I said, have you ever seen one of these things before? He said, oh, yes. He said, very accurate location for a corner. He said, usually have elevation data for surveys and flood data. And I went on. He said, the most famous, then he told me this. He said, the most famous survey marker in the south is Elliot Scott Stone, located next to Highway 43 on the way to BASF where we work at up there. He sent me a link to it, and I pulled it up. This is a sandstone granite that was there, and it's got on it the parallel and the different things that was there. This stone was set in 1790. And when I looked it up, it says most every deed in South Alabama and South Mississippi references this marker. Some 230 years ago, Pastor, it hasn't moved. Your deed, my deed references something that somebody we never knew. He was a Spanish explorer, I think it was, that set that stone. And today they still use it, something that was set that long ago. When I began to say the things I did before service tonight, I had no idea where pastor was going. But there's something precious. I know people say, oh, you just get nostalgic about this and about that. That's the good old days. It's this, it's that. I understand that. You know, if you didn't have anything to eat, that really wasn't the good old days. But when it comes to serving God and you think back of the things, it's about your first love. It's about the first things you did. And when I, when I sent that and he sent that back to me, I said, that is amazing. There's something that old, Brother Quinn, can still be that sure. That unchanging. We have all the GPSs, all the different things. Everything's going satellites here, satellites. And it's a stone on the side of the road that somebody with a canoe come along and set up and we're still using that today. I, man, I, we was at lunch today, Pastor, and I, I'll be careful here. I made mention of a, of a minister that came here one time before, and he and all of you know me, y'all, man, y'all esteem him highly. He was in his elderly years then, and there was one man, there was one young boy here that had a necklace on, and he zeroed in on him. And I mentioned it, 